Welcome to BAME Creatives In Conversation With, a brand new podcast with me, Vikram Grover, where each episode we chat to BAME artists from the creative industry about representation in the arts today, as well as a discussion about their careers, journeys, hopes and dreams. Enjoy. My guests this week are Warwick alumni, Joe Thompson-Ubari and Chris Poon. Joe is an actor, singer and dancer who has recently appeared in Aladdin at the Theatre Royal Windsor, Zorro the Musical at Cadogan Hall and a new play, Squad Goals. Chris is a musical director who recently worked on Rent at the Hope Mill Theatre and for groups such as the Old Vic and National Youth Music Theatre. He was also nominated for a Broadway World Award for his professional debut on Gershwin's Nice Work, If You Can Get It. Guys, great to have you on. It's really good to chat to you. I think it's really nice that, you know, for our first episode, we're talking to people who come from the same place that we do, um, i.e. Warwick University, and show that, you know, success is real for people who are not Ruth Jones. Um, <laughs> so I think it's really important for our listeners to start a little bit about yourselves. I'm going to ask that old white man question to both of you, but I'm going to ask it in a less horrible way where are you where like where are you really from no not that question um, talk to me guys talk to me about like your upbringing where you come from like how how, how it's been for you growing up we'll we'll start with yeah so I mean you know I, I of course I've had that question quite a lot because um I probably don't uh look specifically like any sort of um obvious race because I am very much mixed heritage so um my dad was born and bred in Morocco in North Africa and he yeah he lived there most of his childhood teenhood and moved over here um uh, probably when he was about my age really so yeah so um half Moroccan and then my mum has mixed heritage as well so she is half Malaysian half British so she was um brought up in Malaysia um, but she uh, unlike my dad who was sort of brought up around Moroccan um, culture she was surrounded by Malaysian culture but also but she went to international school there and um, so her um, her mother was uh, for Malay and her father was British and they met out in Malaysia um, so she went to international school in Malaysia and then she went to international school in Hong Kong and lived in Singapore for a bit and then came over here so if you can do the maths, <laughs> that makes me half Moroccan, a uh, quarter Malaysian and a quarter British. I think there's part of that British might even be Scottish. I, I don't know, really know, to be honest. But yeah, so that um, spreads my heritage across three continents, which is pretty unique. Um, I like to always ask the people to, where do you think I'm from? <laughs> and obviously <laughs> no one can get it right. Yeah, just that sort of um, mixed heritage I suppose so yeah that's uh, me and, and in terms of my upbringing um, I have been a, a London boy all my life brilliant it'll be quite it'll be quite spooky if someone was like yeah you're definitely half Moroccan <laughs> quarter <laughs> Malaysian like all of it <laughs> really interesting mate thank you um Chris how do, where do, where, what's your heritage I wish I could um, lay claim to such a such a rich amalgamation of, of ethnicities but um but uh, rather um, mine is slightly more uh, bland in that sense. I was born in Hong Kong and I lived there for nine years actually before I moved here to uh, Reading where I am right now, sheltering uh, since lockdown one. But yeah, so I've, I've sort of, uh, so I grew up in Hong Kong and I, I speak Cantonese and I speak the language there. Um, although my relatives and my many cousins, same as, uh, same as Joe, 
Um, they do tease me every year um, since I've gone back for, for my accent slowly, slowly <laughs> slipping, slipping more and more towards uh, the British side. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I want to say I, I want to be confident that I'm 100% from Hong Kong, but you, you never know. I could take those ancestry tests um, and all that. Uh, but yeah, so I've lived, I've lived in, I've lived in the UK since I was uh, nine years old, and uh, I went to international school for the years before while I was in Hong Kong. But yeah, in terms of, in terms of uh, my upbringing here as well, I've, I, I live in Reading, and then I went to Warwick, and then after Warwick, spent a year up in Glasgow, and uh, I've been in London since. It's, it's really weird because I mean I've met you so many times, but I would have never guessed that your accent hasn't always been how it is now. It's, There's not even a twinge in your it's accent. Third, it's third culture, you know. I, mm. I, it's weird actually because people say that and and they listen to me on the phone. Um, my my brother always teases me for my phone voice because when I pick up the phone, I don't know whether it's just um, we might delve into this later, but it's an imposter syndrome of trying to sound like british so i i end up like dialing up the the rp by like 110 percent um but yeah no it's 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 a strange one isn't it? i think it's just part of being a third culture kid um same yeah. as what joe touched on with uh, his mum and himself um you know being all over the place and you just pick up you just pick up wherever you can really brilliant let's dive into some nitty-gritty things first of all you guys well, as the nature of this this society and show suggests is that you guys work in the creative industry doing various things. I want to know, first of all, if your race has played a part in jobs that you've had. I mean, we are in an industry where you don't have, you change jobs a lot more than other people. You know, you bounce from a play to whatever, another play or whatever it is, you know. Um, so has, yeah, has your has your heritage and race played a part in, in anything that you've done? Um, absolutely. I mean, a lot of the, the, the pressures of the industry nowadays is to find what sort of, you know, castings and what parts you see yourself playing. And for me, it's almost it's almost been impossible to try and see that uh, completely colorblind. Like it just the whole racing has played a massive part um, and both. It, it, it's 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 a it's a two-sided coin. It's both for for me. It's both provided opportunities and limitations and and confusions. Um, I think every nowadays for me every you know audition breakdown that goes live, where I I'm like, hmm, will I um, be suitable for that role? The ethnicity question is always there. Always something that I will consider when I'm sort of answering that question, and. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely something that um, I I wouldn't want to immediately think of or wouldn't want to immediately question when I see a news article thrown. But unfortunately, um, I do, um, and that's both because of issues, but also because people are doing efforts to change the industry. So it's it it it's a hot topic for both the bad and the good, really, at the moment. Um, I mean, we'll delve into more detail on specific things, but in, in general, the answer is yes, it has played a massive part. My heritage has got me jobs and my heritage has definitely prevented me from being uh, in an optimum position to get other jobs. It's, it's a really good point that you make in, in, in that double-edged sword nature of, of the whole thing, which doesn't, which doesn't just translate in theatre, but just across all the media that we consume. Um, it's both 
this diversity in the race thing is both like the olive branch which they offer to you and also the stick in which they beat you with because um i i was uh, my agency took part in well we my agency organized uh, a sort of agency wide uh, a chat over zoom a few months ago about diversity in in the industry uh, for our clients and uh, you know pocs uh, serve up a third of my agent's clients, which is great, which is actually quite a healthy proportion. One of the points that we made is that um, although, you know, anyone who gets a job in any of these creative industries, be it a makeup artist, be it uh, an actual, you know, an animator or you know, MD or actor, you know, we have to work so hard to get the job, you know, to be seen for five rounds of auditions. And I guess the point I want to make uh, at this point in, in the conversation is that POCs will always have something that uh, people who are white won't, which is people questioning why they got that job and how they got that job. You only got that job because you are, you know, mixed race. You only got that job because, and not through, and somehow their hard work is somehow degraded. But at the same time, there are multiple castings out there who are saying we are only looking for people of a certain ethnicity. It's such a complex web of things and being on the other side of the panel that Joe's normally on where we're casting people. It's going back to a point that Joe made just now about his ethnicity helping him getting some jobs, but also limiting. It's, it's almost removing this filter of, I see a banker as white and white only. You know, I only see James Bond as white and male and cis. You know, it's it's that is removing all that filter and trying. I guess that's the eternal sort of fight to level the playing field. It's... Absolutely, yeah. I think I think in an industry that is so focused on meritocracy as a, a means to success, like obviously there is a tremendous amount of luck involved with any creative industry, but also it's it's about how talented you are. Um, and I think with something like that comes the discussion of for me personally, I hate the word diversity. Like I hate it because it sounds like something on the side or it sounds like a little, a little bonus thing that you're doing. For, for where, where I see things, I see it as we need to be talking about representation. You know, um, you're not being diverse if you're putting on, if you, if, uh, if you, uh, like, if you watch an episode of, of Top Boy, you're not, you're not, you're not watching a diverse episode. You're watching a representative episode of what that particular demographic looks like, right? Um, and I think where people, as you as you were saying, Chris, you know, where people are like, well, you only got that job because you know you're you're of an ethnic minority. Well, how many how many people how many times could we, if we wanted to, turn around and be like, you only got that job because you're white? Um, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. You can't ask that question. You can't posit that suggestion in that way so you can't do it the reverse way either it doesn't make sense um but it's really fascinating to see to see how how it affects you both positively and negatively to put it in cruder language you i think you make such an excellent point about emphasizing pushing representation as a term that's used yeah agreed i haven't thought about that absolutely yeah it's not a tick box it's not a box that should be ticked and the roles that should be given to people of color shouldn't be limited exactly like you know to, to yeah um, it's yeah. um i was i 
at Warwick, I did a I did a theatre module last year, which was about the creative industries, and we were talking to um, people from that. One of the first lectures was from people that work in the art centre at Warwick, the Warwick Art Centre, um, and we I was talking to well, the the head of programming was talking to to us, and she was, I, it was quite shocking the language that she used, but she was talking in a way of like she when she goes and watches something she counts the number of non-white faces that she can see and writes them down and then programs according to that in some ways and she's like oh this like these plays were pretty good but this one had a lot more this one had a lot more i think minority people in it i'm going to pick this one to program and i think that right now that is very much needed um but ideally we should get to a place where we don't need to we don't need to you know count faces in order to do something the work speaks for itself and should speak for itself in terms of representation what it represents who it represents and therefore we have equal representation across all fields and i've like when we when we started being creative last year and and people asked me like what do you want what do you want from being creative my answer is was and will always be the same and it was I want to not have to have BAME creatives. I want to be able to close it down as a society. Yeah. I want, because everything that we're doing should just be a part of the craft, each specific craft. We shouldn't have to go to the musical theatre society or the Shakespeare society or whatever it is and and help them out with their, uh, with their representation. If everyone's doing it, my job is done. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, that, and, that, and that level of uncertainty in terms of like, because Joe, we've been we've been speaking recently about um, entering the industry, and I, you gave me a copy of your CV, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, um, but of not. there's a, there's a there's a section of your CV which says um, uh, something to, to to the to the lines of um, what ethnicities you, you you could pass for, and that's part of that's part of um, everyone's CV, you know, um, in the in the performance industry, and. I think I think in terms of casting and when casting directors and stuff like that, when they're white, they find it a bit difficult and they find they struggle. They don't know what they're doing in terms of can I cast this person for this? And I think it's really interesting because I know for a fact that I struggle. I struggle in terms of what what I could go up for or or what suits me. Um, do I go for any unspecified ethnic minority role or or, or do I go for, you know, asian indian which is what mm. i am yeah um, it's it's, I think, it's it's so tricky and, and if we don't know ourselves then it's it's very difficult to, to apply that to the whole industry yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a bizarre and crazy part of spotlight that um for and just for the viewers that um that aren't aren't aware that, that there's basically you get um you you can list up to three ethnic categories that you believe your appearance to represent i suppose um from a drop down list and um and uh, and of course that i mean in, if you're uh, you know of mixed heritage you do struggle for a starters there isn't a north african category um which i think is ridiculous um because especially i mean there's I mean, I speak from the musical theatre world, but shows like Prince of Egypt um, and stuff like that, um, you know, there, there's just no category. My main, the, my main um, category that I put myself in is North African isn't there. So where do, where do I go from there? Um, so, 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 yeah, so then I, I've had to be like, well, I, 
then go to the question like what could I pass for even though like I think I've got on there Middle Eastern because that's the closest to North African but you know I'm not Middle Eastern and if a casting was to come up where you know you uh, an actor they an actor should be playing it who understands Middle Eastern culture well I, I'd, I, I would be like well that's not me even though that's the closest category to my ethnicity on spotlight I my culture is North African do you know what I mean so it's very and then like and then I, I don't know what other ones on there I think I think there's a general Asian one um, which again, Asia is such a massive continent. Like it's just, yeah. it's just a yeah. It's so it's a, and and I completely agree with you. I think we just just need to get to the point where we don't need to ask the, the question anymore. And your answer to why does BAME creative exist just sums it up. You want to have to not have BAME creative. That that that's it in a nutshell. And that can then that that's applied for to, across the whole industry and across many industries. To be honest, to not have to ask the question or to not have to to like provide this sort of help and advice and stuff so yeah so yeah really really good point um i realized in all the excitement of the episode i forgot to introduce quite a key person um and this is jacob and jacob is our wonderful producer for the episode he's just been sitting there so quietly and hasn't hasn't been brave enough to point me out my rudeness for not for not (laughs) introducing him um but jacob is also here so we will be talking to jacob as well i think we've talked about you know struggling to find work that represents you and 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 in such a competitive industry where you're constantly looking for work as as like comparatively new as you guys are to the industry I mean you've both been out of education for a couple of years if if most I think um but you, you you obviously you obviously have those you have those goals and we all have those goals um especially those in creative fields of people that we look to and um and, and inspirations that we draw. Um, I wondered if you guys had any inspirations of people working in the, in the industry that sort of speak out to you. For me, uh, I, I, no, no like specific individuals. There's, there's, there's a lot of people doing the right thing, but for me, it's the, the people that I'm sort of, I have the most admiration for at the moment are producing, writing um, these new shows these new productions that um are, are are completely open and allowing um representation to to or al- allowing people to see a representative path even needing to go out and seek that the one or two um ethnic formers those new shows have been written um that just come with that are the ones that are leading the way and i and i'll um, give some examples so we had the obvious um shows from broadway like hamilton but then these new new pieces of writing that are um providing these platforms such as everyone's talking about jamie which is i think it's it also a brilliant example it's a story it's a it's a story about a real life person a real life white um individual um but this new musical has not only allowed um that performer to be played by a person of color like the lead role in that but also the whole of the um the rest of the cast is rep- is is representative you know you've got um you know um a religious representation like so one of the lead characters is a muslim you've got um it's just a, a widely diverse show and it's those new shows that have been written that young people are going to watch that and um know that they have a place 
on the West End in sort of the top tier theatre in the country. And I admire anyone who is producing these shows and getting them to the stage. Um, I'm totally, totally with Joe there. I mean, just touching on the Rent cast as well. Um, how they managed to cast uh, a cast of really talented as well without sacrificing quality, which is, again, often a, a, a stick which is used to beat us with in terms of casting people of diversity and representation, but without the quality. That's not the, that's not the case. You know, we had we had trans people of all races and ethnicities, you know, gender. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was just, it's just a brilliant, brilliant cast. Um, other shows like Six as well. Yeah. You know, who, yeah, you know, in, in their steampunk costumes and, you know, with every, you know, people of all different, um, women as well, women of all sort of race, you know, sizes, um, ethnicities and everything. But um, yeah, no, for sure. And I think anyone who's uh, there was there are lots of theater makers as well as this big money like the machine ones the big shows um currently out on the london's west end but equally there are so many other sort of theater makers who um and joe makes a really good point about connecting to a younger audiences about representing and there are so many sort of people who are putting on pieces of theater um um and doing it in such a sort of considerate way consider it in the sense where they are they are they are producing material which 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 um involves everyone you know my my friend a, a good friend of mine he he was just in a show about an autistic uh autistic male lead and he himself is uh slightly autistic and um he yeah and he and he managed to and he and he produced an amazing piece of work that sort of represented him and i don't think maybe maybe except I, I don't I, I can't even remember if there is a show in the last 20 years which you know would, would do that um but you know I think anyone this year to sort of broaden it out anyone this year especially with such a difficult time who's actually looking to put on any bit of work for people and trying to producers who are out there sticking their necks out to try and make something happen so People can have jobs, you know, freelancers and everyone, creatives, actors. You know, I think those those people are also heroes. Absolutely. Um, you both you both have touched upon uh, colorblind casting, if not intentionally, in, in what you've said. And um, anytime the anytime the topic of colorblind casting comes up, I always shoehorn in a quote from one of my favorite playwrights of all time, uh, a guy called Brandon Jacobs Jenkins, um, who's uh, who's a, a contemporary playwright and has written some heart-wrenching and, and really gospel pieces of theatre um, he's brilliant but he talks about um, and this is a quote he says um, I don't hate people who colorblind cast but I hate people who colorblind cast and pretend that they're not who pretend that these bodies on stage don't actually carry specific meaning I, I, I've done a lot of uh, thinking about this and, 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 and always found like representations of of, of any ethnicity are always political because you can be political in, in, in avoiding politics, right? I want to ask you a very difficult question. Do we think that by casting colorblind, meaning that any person can play any role, regardless of, of race, do we think that that... It's a difficult question to phrase. Do we think that person 
loses their identity in a way because they are being blanketed into 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 a role i mean what jacob jenkins here is is arguing that is that colorblind casting is fine as long as when when that person is cast that person has a specific role within within that within their role in the thing in in the production um how do we think that works what do we think about colorblind casting in terms of that we'll start with jacob it's a difficult question the first one of the day uh so i should preface that i'm not in the arts in any way i'm a biomedical scientist by trade so uh this will be a toughie um i think whenever i hear the term colorblind or um people throw out the thing like i don't see race it feels it feels a bit like they have to say it in a way it feels the the word that comes to mind is a bit uncomfortable because it feels like they've said it for a particular reason because you don't want them to think they're looking for X, Y, or Z. Um, putting in the context of like auditions and looking for a cast, I'd say if you made it an open audition and if you didn't stipulate, oh, colorblind casting, but if you just said the word open, I think open covers that whereby it can be anyone. It can be, uh, identifying to this race, identifying to this sexuality, identifying to this gender. I think I like the word open a lot more than specifically colorblind because that feels, I know to me, a bit more tokenistic. But as I said, I'm a scientist by trade, so I'm not 100% fully aware. <laughs> well, you're not, the, you're not the only one with a, with a, with a right-brained degree on, 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 the, on the panel. I mean, Joe, you did an engineering degree um, and then made one of the biggest career changes after leaving university quite quite admirably so i might add so do you guys see danger in colorblind casting i think that's the question i'm trying to ask and i've, I've sort of I, stuck with the wording a little bit i think the quote the quote that you mentioned is such a it's such a good point because yes putting hamilton the, the idea of having hamilton as a, as a cast and casting you know all these you know you know the founding fathers as people of color when at the time they were slave owners that's that is in itself a statement i think you're absolutely right by and and again it's dependent on the work it's really it really is dependent on the work that you're putting out because if you and i i do think in general as a general principle this idea of color blindness and in inverted commas for the listeners is is is, is 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 okay it's fine because that's that's essentially a level playing field but it's dependent on the work um you can't for example have you know um just from the musical theater world you can't have a caucasian female play kid from in the saigon because that completely eradicates the the the, the historical context and the social significance of that you know and but then again you know i guess you could counter argue it by saying then everyone has to be vietnamese who plays kim but then I guess that is the messiness of it. And, you know, that's the messy nature of this whole sort of complexities of this discussion. But I think I do believe there is some significance when you're, when, and their statement to make when you're casting someone, obviously of color in the traditionally white role, you know, and everyone, so say if I step out on stage or Joe steps out on stage as a character, then they as a person and the way they look and the way they carry themselves definitely carry some form of 
uh, uh, historical or cultural significance that even they might not themselves mean to do because that garners a certain image in uh, other people's minds. So I think it's important to be sensitive to the material which you're trying to do. Yeah. You know, I don't know, I, I know fame, I know Footloose, but I don't know enough about those shows, but I would hazard a guess that might not be nearly as important. Yeah. For example, you know, as we ever mentioned, Hamilton. Yeah. Um, you know, if or if one were to do the Wiz, you know, you cannot do, you know, having a having a sure. Caucasian production of the Wiz would just be, you know. <laughs> yeah, fun. absolutely. I mean, it's really interesting because, um, I mean, I'm still at Warwick, but I know that Joe, when you were at Warwick, you definitely played roles that were about white people, and I have too. I mean, my most recent uh, acting role for at Warwick was playing an Italian American in a chorus line. You know, um, I didn't hesitate in saying yes to do that role that the director didn't hesitate in passing me to do that role luckily enough and i was fortunate enough to be the person to to to, to do the role and and i saw no and i still see no problem in doing it so my question is and joe i'm going to direct this at you because you haven't spoken on this yet if you and i can play roles meant for white people what is the difference in in us doing that as as, as white people playing roles of, of of people of color because it sounds like an obvious question but when you think about it it's it's more it's more subtle than than, than one yeah. might initially perceive yeah and i mean i think oh we all want to reach a point where you know where sort of all of these issues that we've been talking about are in an ideal world so non-existent that it can be the way around and obviously the reality of it is is that in this current day and age, it, it, it's not. And um, I, and the, this whole, the, and the only solution to that is time really. And we, we, we need to represent all cultures and stuff like that. And until, until we can do that without questioning it, without even having these terms like color blindness, which I, I completely agree with Jacob have negative connotations. Until we can like completely get rid of that, there's no way we can um use the argument that it, it's the state like the white people of color switched same either way it's just it, it yeah we're just not in the right time to do that yet but it's the ultimate goal but also it's, think, just to jump onto that joe because there's a really good point you make there's also that there is an argument that you could pose you know with going back to this idea of a statement and politicizing you know and anything anything that we put out there it's in some way a statement to make and I, I guess for me, a slight difference might be having, say, you know, a, a Caucasian person, like, like you know, a, a Frenchman playing an Italian, you know, that it's, they're, they're on the same class. But it's a case of the idea that throughout history, POCs have been this, the, the oppressed and, and, this, and the suppressed. I don't know, it's, it's this idea of ownership, isn't it? This is the idea of ownership and sharing this out. And again, it goes back to the, 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 the idea of representation in mainstream media and people getting annoyed over a Sainsbury's Christmas advert about it. It's, it's this idea of there are so many stories that, ha- that are already focused on usually a, 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 a cis, heteronormative, white, uh, male part they all revolved around that it's the idea of why superheroes marvel why they why suddenly there are people of color playing you know all that stuff that's why 
a movie like Black Panther is such a such a such a sort of turning point for things. You know, it's it's this idea of there's so many stories already revolving around the cis white thing, and and it's about sharing that space now, and that encourages this accessibility and more people because they see they see an older version of themselves out on stage or on the screen, going, sure. "Wow, aren't they amazing?" That post-racial idea, I think, is so dangerous of 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 the woke generation saying, "I don't see color." Well. To not see color is to is to not see culture is to paint everyone with the same brush and and it's to and it's to neglect to acknowledge any sort of struggle that that people have faced because of because of their race and because of their ethnicity, um, and that's that's quite sad. But I think we're moving away from that, and I think that that's really good. And I think a really important thing to note is that despite us talking you know so much about all the problems that we are facing in the industry it's also very important to know that it's changing for the better and it has been changing for the better and if you look at the way that in even in the past you know five to ten years representation in the creative arts as a, as a whole has changed i mean being creatives didn't exist five years ago um you know jacob and i weren't producing uh, podcast five years ago uh, and you guys you guys were still you know you were well you're much older than us haha <laughs> um but you guys were still in uh, in education you know so i think we're moving on a right trajectory you know and, and uh, i do want to preface actually um to answer one of your questions way earlier on um <laughs> is that i to my knowledge i don't think i've ever um ever had had my ethnicity has never stopped me from any sort of gains of employment or anything. And for mm -hmm. that, I'm very grateful. Absolutely. But I'm also aware, and this is, again, this is not just on a, on, on, on like a high level, not on a professional level, but even at a university level where supposedly we're fostering, you know, the, the, the next generation of minds and, and this work and wokeness and all that stuff. Um, some some people, some of my contemporaries, I don't think were were. I, I'm I'm very lucky to again have the accent that I have. To it's almost why I dress up in, in, in zip up jumpers all the time. It's why I dress like a 50 year old dad. You know, uh, it's 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 that idea of um, yeah. It, again, I it must subconsciously sort of infiltrate and and this idea of passing. And I think it's about broadening people's tastes um, and encouraging people who who might be interested to not be afraid and yeah again providing them like BAME creatives are doing providing them with that extra step and that sort of almost hand-holding to, to get them in through the door again everyone's trying to get through the door and some people are just really scared and standing at the back of the queue yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to just quickly bring up an example that that Joe reminded me of when you were talking about having binary roles for for people, you know, assuming colorblind casting, but then having the same exact demographic of cast when it's a different group of people altogether. Um, there was a revival of a musical, or even it was the first run of a musical on Broadway, The Great Comet of 1812. I don't know if you guys yeah, are aware of that one. Um, his show, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Josh Groban, a white guy, played played the lead role in, in the opening run. And then he finished his run. And uh, one of the original cast of Hamilton then stepped into that role, who's a black guy. 
um, and then his contract finished, and then there was a um, a white actor was then cast in the role, and the whole Broadway community went in absolute uproar. They were like, "How are you doing this? You know, we've just had a black person in the role, and now that you're giving it to a white person, what do you like? What is going on here?" Um, and I sort of saw it at the time and I was like, yeah, that's outrageous. And then I did some thinking and I was like, why do I find that outrageous? Um, a white guy originated it and then it went to a black guy and then it went back to a white guy. So why is that first transition? Okay. But the second isn't. And, and what does it say about a role that isn't like, isn't specified about, uh, about race or ethnicity. And there's not much context in terms of the script and the production that suggests anything to do with race. So why is it an issue one way and not the other? One, like a quick answer, if you can, from each of you. Because <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's obviously an easy question. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I personally, I'm, I'm on, I'm on tend to be on your side. Why, why should it be then? Yeah, why should it be mm. the other way? Why should it be an issue the other way around? Um, if, we, if we believe in I can yeah, why should we cancel that? Um, you know, again, people just need to be mindful of history, performance history. And, um, yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, suppose on the other hand, you could say that, you know, I mean, we've touched on it before, you're, you're you know, removing a, a, a statement or a, a platform to in, inspire others. And, you know, by going back there's a potential group of people that are that you could have inspired that you that you didn't um so it's sort of going back on what is kind of you know this bit like a statement casting um but you know that I'd, I'd hope that there are so many other roles across the broadway that that statement's not needed if it if it were if there was loads of other, other roles um that were, were doing the right thing and 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 what open in, in their sort of casting, then you wouldn't need the uproar. Um, but unfortunately, there, there, there isn't. So, and that's probably why there, there is such an uproar. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, still to this day and age, I, I'd still, I'm still on the fence with these questions. They're, 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 they're not easy to answer. I think we can all agree on that, really. You do raise a very good point in that, that, and you both touched on it, that level of inspiration for people like us. If, if, if it's removed, then the future uses won't be there, and, you know? Yeah. Um, I've got to say, I do think that we are, if it, and I think you said it, like we've made a huge, a big progress in the last, I'd say, you know, three or four years. I think if you were to look back then, um, it's, it's a different playing field, I think. So I think that the improvement is starting to increase exponentially um we just have to um keep the momentum going with this sort of change and i really do believe that in once we're we've reached that next generation there's a new generation of whether that's you know 10 20 years whatever um it's it's going to be a completely the arts is going to be a different a, a different industry it really is um so I, I am feeling hopeful for the future in that sense. And I think not only, and, that, and, and again, that's not only uh, the issue of race, it's, it's all these other issues um, that um, are so sort of um, 
that are so relevant now in the media. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm feeling feeling hopeful. I am definitely feeling positive. Well, that's that's very reassuring to hear. Um, <laughs> I'm sure for for anyone who's who's still you know in education and yet to enter the industry. Um, so we haven't got much time left, but I've got a couple more. I've got a couple more things I want to talk to you about. So firstly. Um, can you guys think of something that's coming up uh, in the either in the theatre industry or just generally in, in the creative industry, a project that you've seen in the works or whatever that's really exciting you, something that you're excited to to watch, to experience, whatever it might be? Um, no pressure to answer immediately <laughs> because it's sprung upon you like that. But yeah. Um. <laughs> it, it, it's, well, um, I... There, again, I, again, this is obviously very MT focused um, because that's you know kind of what we know. But there, so there's two big announcements of productions that are are opening, both under the the, the big name that we all know, Disney, um, which are both Beauty and the Beast and Bedknobs and Broomsticks, um, two big musicals. One, uh, Beauty's kind of going to the West End as well. I keep everything crossed that um we see a uh, that that they use that as an opportunity as in, as you know stories that we all know we've all seen the, the cartoons and the and the, the films the classic disney films this is their opportunity to level the playing field and to show that a big influential company like disney cares about representation um and I, um, obviously we don't know what, what the cast are going to be yet, but I think they're, I'm excited to find out what they do with it because um, they're the real opportunities to make change. Um, um, in terms of a project that, that oh, I mean, I mean, we're 2020, there's not really much on the horizon at the moment. But um, so I think my answer is feeling hopeful for sort of those sort of shows that, I'm hoping can will 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 do the industry good, but you never know. You never know. That's the thing. I, that, I think at this point, to answer your question, Vikram, quickly, is that anything that can be put on right now or next year is worth celebrating. Any show of any scale. But um, to 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 add on to Joe's one, uh, a great example actually of that um, of role models and um, for future generations is. Um, Andrew Lloyd Webber's upcoming production of Cinderella, and they've just announced their prince, and it's a person of color, uh, from as far as I can see. Anyway, I'm happy to be corrected otherwise, but uh, I, and that is great, and that's really great, uh, appearing opposite Carrie Fletcher. But um, I thought I might just do uh, not something that's upcoming, but something that I've recently seen. But um, I don't know if you, uh, obviously, everyone watches Netflix or Amazon Prime, but uh, an animated film called Over the Moon. Um, which is on Netflix, and it's uh, made by the legendary uh, Glenn Keane, I believe, who who wrote the, the uh, Little Mermaid, all the Disney stuff, and it's a completely Southeast Asian centric cast. Wow, story. You know, granted, they were Caucasian writers, but it's it's brilliant in terms of you know for the kids watching that. It's it's you know. Again, it's it's you know the only other thing I can think of is Mulan, but even then, that's you know voiced by uh, Donny Osmond, and you know 
but uh, yeah, I suppose any I think anything that anyone is brave enough to put on in the upcoming future, especially in the theatre world, but even in the film industry, you know, film, you know, anything, any any sort of thing that people are making themselves vulnerable for and putting them out there, I think should be worth uh, celebrating and congratulating. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, and lastly, because I feel like a lot of our listeners and viewers might be people like Jacob and myself, you know, still st people still in education yet to enter the industry yet to think about maybe even their, their future prospects uh, as two people, two professionals, what what advice can you give for those those people of color who are thinking about entering you know a white dominated industry like the performing arts and and have a little bit of trepidation about that what what can you speak directly to our listeners <laughs> um, <laughs> you've got to be i think you've got to be tenacious tenacious in the best possible way tenacious in the most uh, ethically responsible way in in the sense that it's I, I don't think joe and i could dress it up it's it's quite a cutthroat industry not just on theater but i assume through media and anything really it's about sticking to your guns i think trusting that trusting that your your ethnicity won't count against you until it does and if yeah. it does then chances are the job or project that you're trying to get isn't worth it and they're worse off for that and it's about i think in terms of the support network which i think is important is yeah allying yourselves not just with people of your own sort of profile but with everyone and just being just being yourself i think there's nothing there's nothing you need to alter mm -hmm. about it because i think as soon as you alter yourself and filter yourself then that distills your what you bring to your practice yeah brilliant i mean I, I don't think i can sum it up any better than that to be honest um <laughs> but yeah but but you know um I, I, I on the flip side to all this i don't think there's been a more exciting time for people of color to enter the industry Absolutely. i think i think this is this is the time when when the industry needs us and we need the industry um and there are allies out there there are lots of allies out there who um who will support you on your journey in the industry everyone in the industry needs to be resilient um it is is cutthroat not just because of these issues but others but um but people it's people like you and us sitting here today that will hopefully make the change and um if 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 these issues still exist be the person that makes the change you know i like to say a massive thank you to both of you for 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 agreeing to do this i could i could see no two better individuals to help me uh, me and jacob start off this this podcast and we'll see where it goes but thank you so much for your attendance for your words of wisdom and and for your opinions um i think opinions are really hard to come by today in a society where we're so concerned with how other people might feel about them um so i'd like to thank you for your candor for your honesty and for your time um you've been great we all love you we can't wait to see what you're doing next thank you so much guys
Take care. Pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you.